Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Hey, let's take our Bibles and let's go to the book of John. And if you'll remain standing, we're going to read a little bit, and then we're going to get into it. Uh, I was forbidden to say the pastoral narrative on the first service of the first year. Tyler, I cannot believe that I've been forbidden to say it, so I'm not going to say. uh, I would never disrespect uh, my son for saying, don't say it, Dad, don't say it. It's not funny. It's corny. But a pastor just only has one time a year to say it. And uh, you have not missed a service all year. And uh, so, but I'm not going to say it. Amen. John chapter 16. And uh, do you know what's really sad about this is uh, they control the monitors up there. And uh, and he has blackmailed, threatened me. And so I'm a man. I don't take a threat. Now I'm nervous. Amen. Uh, John chapter 16. (laughs) (laughs) and counting, uh, John chapter 16. Um, I don't want to waste one service. Um, I don't know if it's the older you get, the more you realize time's marching. Uh, One day we're going to see the Lord. One day we're going to stand before him. And I really believe that as a believer, if all heaven is ours at one point, we should be living the victorious Christian life, and we should be seeing things get done for the Lord Jesus Christ, and you need to feel value. There's something about a believer when they feel like, why am I here? Why am I wasting my time spinning my wheels? God, I want to see something done, and I don't think there's a wasted salvation uh, in, 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 in this auditorium this morning. Teenagers, listen, you ought to be changing your world around you. Do you know what he said, such is the kingdom? The little kids, that little baby you just heard, that's the kingdom. And and if anybody ought to be able to change this world around them, it's from the youngest to the oldest. So please don't discount the fact that you feel like, hey, I'm still riding in the back seat of life. You can change this world. Mom and dad, we can change it. Grandparents, you're not past the state of usefulness. You can change it. And here in John chapter 16, in verse number 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Can we read verse number 8 together? Ready? Begin. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of of sin, because they believe not on me, verse 10 together, ready, of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged, 12, ready, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. 
and he will show you things to come. Join me, verse 14. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. On Wednesday night, I've been teaching in the auditorium after everybody dismisses about the fruit of the Spirit. This last week, I touched on the fact that the Holy Spirit and is working in the world. You and I, if you'll go back and if you'll look here, and I'm going to pray, would you look at verse number 8? And when he has come, he will reprove the what, please? World. The Holy Spirit has been sent into this world by Jesus Christ to work on the world. He is working on the world or trying to work on the world to the same degree that Jesus worked on the world while he walked this earth. This earth is not without the presence of God. We just do not have God in bodily form like when Jesus walked this earth. But then if you'll look down in verse number 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide what? You. So when the Spirit of God came into, this, came into this world, when Jesus departed, he came into this world to work on the world around you, but he also came into this world to work in the believer. The day you got saved is the day that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, Ephesians chapter 4, and you'll be sealed until the day of redemption. And I firmly believe that the reason nothing's happening around the average believer is not because the Holy Spirit's not at work. It's because the believer is not yielded. I touched a little bit that, on that on Wednesday night, but I want to start the very first message into this new year with this subject. 2022, the year of the Holy Spirit. The year of the Holy Spirit. You are not powerless. Did y'all hear that? You are not powerless. The flesh may be winning right now, but that does not diminish nor take away from the power of the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of you. You may not feel like you're getting anywhere, but the Holy Ghost of God is working. Wives, he's working. Husbands, he's working. Would you, would you go with me to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1? I, I wasn't planning on using the scripture until about two minutes ago. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21. This is a promise to the wives in their marriages that have husbands who are away from the Lord. But it also is a promise to every believer for everybody around you that may not be living for the Lord. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husband. Look at this: that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. Why they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of 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 plating of the hair or of the wearing of gold or of the putting on of apparel. It doesn't mean that you're not supposed to wear makeup, ladies, and it doesn't mean you're not supposed to look good on the outside. What it means is don't let that be your only power. Don't let your perfume be the only thing that moves people. Don't let your looks be the only thing that wows man. 
Look what it says there. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair or of wearing of gold or the putting on of apparel, but let it be the what, please? Hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves. The adorning that you and I need does not come from what we do on the outside. That can manipulate man my brother, Mr. Bay, I didn't even see y'all sitting there. Hey, glad y'all are here. And uh, that can manipulate man for a moment. Listen, but long after you have left wherever you are sitting and talking and, and, and being, it doesn't matter. You ought to leave such a wave of the Holy Ghost presence that is undeniable. You're a believer. But we have put so much stock, have we not, teenager? In the fashion design of this world. College students, we put so much emphasis on what we own. Midlife crisis, men, we put so much emphasis on how we look. Not even realizing that the thing that will change people around us is the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of us. May this year be the year of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, Lord, there, there is no way to do this justice. And God, I ask on this Sunday morning that, Lord, we would walk away with this one thought in mind, that we want to have a better relationship, Jesus, with you, but it will only be done through the power of of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. We cannot have a good relationship with you, Jesus, if we do not let the Spirit of God loose on the inside of us. Help us on this Sunday morning that we would be convicted, we would be convinced, we would be energized, and that we would start this journey this year of letting you reign supreme in our life. There are a lot of things that we need to see done. A lot, of, a lot of earth things that we need you to earthquake it. We, we're a lot of prisons that need to be shaken. There's a lot of people that need to second guess who they are and what's going on. And Lord, you're working in the world. God, I'm afraid that believers are not your disciples. And God, I ask now that you help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. A powerful baby was born in the manger. We've just come off celebrating Christmas. And this powerful baby that was in the manger gave us a glimpse at 12 years of age of what his footprint would be upon this earth. He gave us this, this, this preview that he must be about his father's business. His father's business was not that of Joseph's occupation. His father's business was that of his heavenly father's mission for his life. That baby would grow up. That baby that would be God wrapped in flesh. 
The Bible tells us he would be the savior of the world. Jesus then would become a healer of the sick and diseased. Jesus would be a disruptor of all funeral processional. Jesus became famous. He became sought after. And at one point, the Bible tells us that the implication was that they did not seek him for him as much as they did for the miracles that he did. Ladies and gentlemen, I am telling you that humanity right now still has the same problem. They still are diseased. They still are lame. They still are deaf. They still are dumb. They still are dying. But that power that existed in Jesus Christ as he walked this earth has not left this earth, but it has been replaced on this earth from a physical God in a human body named Jesus to the Spirit of God in a physical body named the believer. And where humanity had to come to a central location, now the central location of our heart gets to go to humanity. God knew exactly what he was doing when he set this thing up. And on this Sunday morning, I thought to myself, what would be that beginning thought to give our church and the people who attend of what does 2022 look like? Has the power left this earth when Jesus ascended? Jesus was powerful because Jesus was God. And God gave the world Jesus to demonstrate his power. And Jesus completely changed the world he was in because of the power of his heavenly father that flowed through his perfect being. Listen, you're not perfect and I'm not perfect, but living on the inside of you is a perfect God that wants to use your flesh to get his power to the world around you. If you are living with people who are away from God around you, it is, it is not because God is not working. It is because they have not yet seen God in your life and in mine. Now, that's a very heavy statement. That's a very heavy statement. You say, Pastor, you're making it sound like it's my fault. It's all of our faults. Because we can live in such a selfish way. Now, I'm going to have you use your Bible this morning, and I hate to do that in the house of God. Amen? Uh, but uh, again, I'll reiterate, if you have a thumbtab Bible that you received for Christmas, they gave you the cheater's edition. So let's come on. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. In Acts chapter 1, verse 5, if you'll turn there, this needs to be the year of the Holy Spirit in your life and the year of the Holy Spirit in my life and in our church. As you're turning there, what is it right now that you have thrown all your money at, all your wisdom at, all your talent at, all your gifts at, and it still is not coming up right? It's time to throw God's power at it. It's time for you and I to get out of the way. We have spoken as much as we can speak. We have gone as far as we can go. And now it's time for us to yield and get out of the way. Because look at what God said in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, and this is referencing references back in the Gospels that we'll look at here in just a moment, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the what, please? Holy Ghost, not many days hence, but ye shall receive what? 
power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, they did not know that the Bible was being written about that day and time. You and I read it with the idea, oh my goodness, this is the pattern No, no, no. They had no idea. All they knew was is that their Savior, just a few days earlier, he was walking with them, and he said, I'm going away, but my power will not leave this earth. That power is going to be put on the inside of you, and that power automatically will make you a witness. And by the way, I'm not talking about a charismatic, spooky witness on this Sunday morning, second day of January. I'm talking about such an influence that when you are baptized and you are immersed, you come up wet all over. And when you get out of that baptistry, you leave wet footprints everywhere. And when you go in to change out of those baptistry robes, wet robe lays right there. You come out, your hair's wet. There's evidence that you've been baptized someplace. And when the Holy Ghost of God is big time in your life, listen to this, there will be evidence. They may never admit it to you, but they'll be like those two on the road to Emmaus. Our hearts burned within us. I'm telling you, this needs to be the year of the Holy Spirit. If you can back the mains off just a little bit, if you don't mind, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, ye shall be witnesses. Go to Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, if you'll notice there in Acts chapter number 2, it says this, and when the day of Pentecost, Pentecost was fully come, they were, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of what, please? Fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, don't panic. We're not charismatic. We're not that at all. The tongues right there are glossa. It was a physical language. But I want you to notice that when it told them that they would be endued, and, and, and not many days hence in Acts 1-5, he said, listen, when the Holy Spirit of God baptizes you and you are immersed in the power of the Holy Spirit, it'll happen not many days from right now. Well, that not many days hence arrived in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And would you please notice the very first symbol that is used when the, when, when the Holy Spirit descended upon them. What was it like? Verse, look at it. Verse number two. And there appeared unto them, what please? Cloven tongues like as of what? Fire. They heard the sound, rushing mighty wind. But then there appeared. Now listen, I'm, 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 I'm headed somewhere for all of us. It is possible for you, the believer, to take the power that is on the inside of you, the power that shook the prison, the power that made people fall to their knees, the power that took the shadow of the apostles and it hit the power. And I'm not saying that God's going to physically shake a house. I'm not saying that God is going to use your shadow to physically heal somebody. But I am telling you this, 
that on the inside of every one of you is a power that is yet to be plugged into. And on this Sunday morning, I just want to tell you, I think if we're going to get anything done, it's got to be the year of the Holy Spirit. It's got to be. If you end up at the end of 2020, if I end up at the end of 2022 and it's just mediocre and nothing happened and it's whole hum, plug in, plug out, check in, check out, clock in, clock out. I put my time in, I paid my tithe, but there is nothing happening around me. It is not because the Holy Spirit has left the world. It is because the believer has left the Holy Spirit. Go to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16. This morning, we can become partners with the Spirit and His work in the world around us. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16. There's a lot of things to talk about. I'm bringing it down to one thought out of the Old Testament. We'll go there. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This I say then, what is the next word, please? Walk. This I said, say then what? Walk in the Spirit. Go to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25. And the same chapter, look at verse 25. Let us also, what please, walk in the Spirit. Look at verse number 18. And this word led is found four other places, three of them being with Jesus Christ. Look at Galatians 5, 18. But if ye be, what please, led. Do you know what those two things are? Watch. Those two things are this, walk and led. The one word walk is you're going to have to take a step in a direction. The Holy Ghost is not going to come down. There is never a reference in the New Testament with the Holy Spirit doing his work unless somebody took a step. You're going to have to take a step. Even Paul and Silas, when the Holy Spirit shook that thing, what were they doing? They were singing. They took a step. When the Holy Spirit came down in Acts chapter 2, guess what they did? Took a step. Before you and I take any step, it must be walking in the what? Spirit. Would the Spirit walk that way? Would the Spirit head that way? Would the Spirit say that? Would the Spirit do that? And the Holy Spirit of God's on the inside of you and I, that when our flesh steps in a way that is not the Spirit, then the Spirit of God says, hey, you shouldn't do that. That's why a quick apology and getting forgiveness on the table is a Spirit-led life. Because He is reminding us of what Jesus did for us. This needs to be the year of the Holy Spirit. And to walk in the Holy Spirit. But I want you to notice the, the second thing there. It is yield to be led. There's the action and the acquiescing. There is the yielding. There is allowing. Do you know what keeps the average person from coming to the altar? Pride. Pride. Here's why. God resisteth the proud. That's why the spirit on the inside is working. But how many times have you seen a believer not even respond? That's because they're grabbing on and they're saying, "Uh uh-uh, I know I need to, then how come you don't? The average believer doesn't because God resists the proud. Because it would be like everything else. And ladies and gentlemen, this needs to be the year. 
This needs to be the year that we say, God, I want to walk, and if I'm not walking, you tell me. And this needs to be the year that we yield. Lead me. Lead me. Have you ever had a child come up and lead you? They lead you when they want something. Grant's third birthday was yesterday. Grant has figured it out. Grant comes up with that cute little, 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 little chubby cheeks with the two dimples right there, or at least one of those dimples. And, and Jordan has two dimples. And we told him when he was younger, we used to take marbles right there when he was little and put him to bed that way. That's how come he's got two little dimples. But Grant will come up and he'll say, toy, toy. And he'll grab that. Now you think that he loves you. He don't love you. He just wants that toy. Because when I say no, he'll go to Nani and say, Nani, toy, toy, toy. Let me tell you something. You know what the Spirit of God is wanting to do? He wants to come up and gently lead you. And this is where, listen, we have to walk and we have to yield. But if you'll look here, if you would, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9. As a child of God, you are not trying to get more of the Holy Spirit. You have all of the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. Did y'all hear that? At the point of salvation, you received the Holy Spirit of God. You do not understand, I do not understand how much power is right here on the inside. And if this year that power can get out to your marriage, you'll change your marriage. If that power can get out to your kids, you'll change your kids. Teenager, if that power can get out to your youth group, you'll change the youth group. And people need to get tired of going through the same old, what's your New Year's resolution? Who cares? You're going to break it in 30 days anyways. How about this? Let's get a New Year's revolution and let's make sure that the Holy Spirit is right out there in the front of everything that we do and that we're walking and we're easily being led by the Spirit. Because check this out, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. What? Know ye not that your what, please? Body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Your home address for the Spirit is what you see in the mirror. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Your, what did I say? 2 Corinthians? Did I say 9? Y'all, it was a, it was a, it was a rough New Year's Eve. All right, so... 1 Corinthians 6, 19, what? Know ye not that your what? Body. At the point of salvation, your body became the address of the Holy Spirit of God. Here's what is sad. What is sad is, is that people don't think the Holy Spirit can bring revival unless we're in a church. And the average believer says, well, it, nothing can happen unless we have the pastor. Listen, your world needs the Holy Ghost of God. And the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. And you and I cannot blame the peripheral. We must understand we've just not yielded yet. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, make your way there, if you will. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'm coming down to the end of where I think that we can make it the year of the Holy Spirit. Remember the first time that he appeared. He appeared in cloven tongues 
a fire. Like as a fire. While you're turning to First Thessalonians, Jordan, could you guys put up, put up, Mike, put up on the screen? Who's back there? Somebody's back there. Put up on the screen Matthew 3.11. If you want to hold your place there, I want to show you two verses that I'm going to put on the screen. Because when he was, when he said in Acts chapter 2 that he appeared unto them of cloven tongues like as of fire. Watch this. It was already prophesied that when you are baptized of the Holy Ghost. Now, don't, don't get spooky. Baptism of the Holy Ghost just simply means baptism is immersion, not sprinkling that when the Holy Spirit completely surrounds you, that you absolutely come up being baptized, that you have the fragrance of the Spirit of God. And that's why when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, when you are baptized, you come up with all love. You come up with all joy. You come up with all the rest of them I can't remember right now. So you come up with all of these. Listen, this is what we need. And so when it happens, in Matthew chapter 3 and 11, he said this, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he that cometh after me is, is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The same thing said in Luke chapter 3, verse 16. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and what? fire. It is just understood that when the Spirit of God, when you are immersed in the Spirit of God, listen, there is a fire that is undeniable, that will burn, that will smoke, that will absolutely impress and just get it done. My son Jordan is a pyromaniac, and that's all there is to it. He is all about matches, when he was in seventh grade, we were holding a teen activity at the Castillo's house when they lived out north of town. And I had bought these big old barrels full of paint, and um, we needed to burn them off. So I was burning barrels and burning off the paint on the inside. And, 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 and I took ga diesel gasoline because it was a slow burn, and I would throw a match in, and it would just burn like that. When Jordan found out, Jordan, Jordan when he was just a little kid, Always loved to play with matches. He would light matches just to watch him burn. And one day I said, son, everybody knows what happens when you play with matches. You wet the bed. He was just a little kid, probably second grade, just a little kid. Well, he wouldn't stop playing with matches. And one night before he went to bed, he playing with matches. I said, son, you keep playing with matches, you're going to wet the bed. Well, he went to bed that night. I took some water in there. And while he was sleeping, I just, I just poured that water up and down his bed. Y'all, listen, years had gone by, like 10, 12, 13 years, and I totally forgot about it. And then the subject of him playing with matches came up, and I said, uh, hey, son, do you remember what I told you, play with matches, and you're going to wet the bed? Do you remember, did you wake up one morning with the bed wet? He goes, Dad, I woke up with that bed wet. He said, I got all this stuff off that bed. I'm thinking to myself, I got to go get all this. You know, I, I got to get, because, man, I wet the bed. Dad's telling the truth. And then I was like, man, I forgot to tell you, I did that. And he was like, Dad, all, these, all this time I thought I was a bed wetter. Amen? And, uh, but he's in seventh grade. And I said, he said, Dad, can I go out early? And so he went out there early. And I said, son, listen to me. Stay away from them barrels. 
with that burning and, and, and don't, no, stay away from him. Oh, yes, sir, I'll stay away. I allowed him to go out early, one of his very first youth activities. And when I showed up, he's got this wide-eyed look on his face. His eyebrows are singed. The head of his hair are singed. And he's just kind of staring at me like this. And I walk up and said, boy, what did you do? He said, dad, we poured that diesel in that one barrel, and then we threw a match in, and then I didn't think it was burning, and I wanted to see if it was burning. I stuck my head down in the barrel, and about that time, and, whoosh, and it was like, so he's walking like, like this. Let me tell you something. I knew he'd been in fire. When the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost you have baptized yourself in the Holy Ghost to your best of your ability. And you want this flesh to be honoring to the Lord. And you want your spirit to be honoring to the Lord. And you're like, Spirit, you lead me and I'm going. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. And if I don't take the right step, Holy Spirit, you convict me and I'll correct it right away. Uh, apologizing and, and getting things right. This is the mark of the Spirit working in you. Listen, please know this, that it is possible and I'm coming to the end. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. What's it say? Quench not the Spirit. Did you see that? Quench not the Spirit. You can live a life to where you are suppressing and you are quenching the divine influence that is on the inside. You see, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit wants to work itself out. And this fruit that happens moves you to the side. Then all of a sudden there's something undeniable. You and I should not be fitting in in this world. We should be setting this world on fire. And why is revival only confined to the church house? Why is revival not expanded to everywhere we go? We hear about the stories, do we not? You know why it's that way? Because somebody said, I'm going to walk in the Spirit, and I'm going to be led of the Spirit, and I'm not going to quench the Spirit. Do you know what the connotation is here before we go to Leviticus? Do you know what the connotation is here? That that fire that's on the inside of you and I should always be what? Burning. Did you hear that? Always be burning. If this is going to be the year of the Holy Spirit, then how do we get it done? Go to Leviticus chapter 6. Leviticus chapter 6, if you will. In Leviticus chapter 6, the Holy Spirit is working on the world around us. The Holy Spirit, the master plan of a God in heaven was to put his son on this earth, being led of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, and amazing things started to happen. He never went anywhere without something wonderful happening. And the reason it's not happening in the life of the believer is not because we have less power. It's because we have more flesh. It's because we have more pride. It's because we do things that quenches the fire that's on the inside of us. And now they see more you than they do the God that lives on the inside of you. 
But you look at Leviticus chapter 6 and verse number 8, this is all about the priest obligation. Such a spiritual connotation here. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. Please take note of burnt offering. This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering. Because of the burning upon the altar all night until the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it, and the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen breeches and, he, and shall be put upon his flesh and take up the ashes which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar and he shall put them beside the altar and he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it and it shall not be put out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offering. The fire, look at it, shall ever be burning upon the altar. Read the last phrase, please. It shall never go out. There should not be. A moment. Now I'm talking perfection. That all of us are going to fail a hundred times, but please know you got to know where you're headed. There should never be a time when the fire goes out. Because you're part of the royal priesthood, according to 1 Peter chapter 3. You've got God living on the inside. And it is our job to make sure that that fire does not go out. Do you know the difference between the burnt offering and the sin offering? The sin offering was an offering that was cut up. You know what the burnt offering was? You put the picture on the screen. The burnt offering was they put the whole sacrifice. Does that remind us Romans chapter 12? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a what, please? Living sacrifice? Please know this. How are we going to keep the spirit alive? You've got to put the entire you on the altar. Austin, could I use you? That'd be okay. Come here, man. You've got to put the entire you. See, some of you have just put, put well, I'm, I'm just going to put my, my finances on the altar. No, 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 no. Well, I'm just going to put this part on the altar. No. The year of the Holy Spirit means that you are going to put all of you. Hang on. <laughs> that you are going to put all of you on the altar. But would you please notice what they had to do. Look at Leviticus chapter 6. What made the difference between the fire not going out? Get off my Bible. Okay. I had it memorized, okay? Do you know what made the... And God said... Okay, and uh, <laughs> Leviticus chapter 6. The, fi <laughs> the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Watch this. How... Is this possible? It is possible because of what they did every day. Look at verse 10. And the priest shall put on his linen garment, his linen breeches, and shall put upon his flesh. Look at this. And take up the ashes which the fire 
hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. You know how you get to the year of the Holy Spirit? You make every day the day of the Holy Spirit. And when you get done sacrificing you today, you put the ashes to the side. KJ, come here. You're the next smallest. Come on. Come on. And do you know what you do? You go get you again. Because you gained a whole lot more sin in your life. <laughs> do, do you know what you do? Dear Heavenly Father, you, you take you and you put you on the, uh, you know what you do? It's not a Monday thing and then you don't pick it up. I think we have left the Holy Spirit alone to where we don't understand You got flesh. And that fire, until it burns your flesh, will not stay alive in who you are. That's why he said in Galatians, but this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And on this Sunday morning, as we get ready to head into 2022, let's make this the year of the Holy Spirit. You're part of the royal priesthood. And it's our job to keep the fire going on the inside. But we're going to have to give us to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, this flesh has made so many mistakes. And this flesh left alone, without raising your hand, could I just get an amen on this question? How many of you know the potential depravity of your flesh? Every day. And then after that day's done, you take and you just... You know how you make it the year of the Holy Spirit? You make it every day about the Holy Spirit. The flesh you put on the altar today will be done being burnt by the end of the day. Tomorrow morning, you and I better get up and go, God... I want the Holy Spirit alive in my life. You, you and I cannot afford to live one 24-hour period without making sure that we have been sacrificed and that the same fire that will take care of the entire flesh is the same fire then that will be burning. Do people see the Holy Spirit? What kind of difference do you make? I will tell you that watching the Lord do things on the inside of his house is one thing. But I want to see him do it every place I go. Every place I go. What about you? Make it the year of the Holy Spirit. One year, from right now, one, one, one year from right now, when we get to January 1st, which will be on a Sunday next year, 
I believe. At January 1st, can you look back? Do you want to be able to look back and say, the Spirit of God did this? I, I wrote this down as, as, as I close. He come in to reprove the world of sin, that's what is wrong, of righteousness, that who is, that's who is right, and of judgment, that's who wins in the end. And there are people that I cannot talk out of a mindset, but I have a God who can every time pierce the darkness to get this done. And I don't know about you. I want to see the Holy Spirit do something. I want to see him do something. He'll do it. If we'll make sure all of us crawl up on that altar and say, Holy Spirit of God, I need you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.